Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. My name is Jen. I am the host of the Bible Explained podcast. And today we're going to be reading Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. We're starting in a brand new chapter of Deuteronomy. But before I begin today's episode, I thought it might be kind of fun to do like a little icebreaker with you guys where I uh, introduce myself a little bit more. So I thought it might be cool to tell a fun little fact about myself. But a fun fact about me is that I have a very, very slight understanding of Japanese and also of Dutch. I can't speak it. I can barely read it. But if I'm hearing it, I can uh, pick out words here and there. I've never actually completed any language. I was learning Dutch for a while and just was not very good at it. Um, Basically, all I can say in Dutch right now is, wat is het toilet? Which means, where is the toilet? (laughs) So I'm covered. If I have to go to the bathroom and I'm in the Netherlands or in Belgium, I think I'm covered. I I know how to ask for the bathroom. Whether or not I understand the directions to get to the bathroom is a different question. (laughs) But I at least can ask somebody and they can point me to the sign of where the bathroom is. But anyway, tell me a fun fact about yourself. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to get to know you more. So contact me. You'll find my contact information in the bio of this podcast episode. So yeah, I thought that'd be a little fun thing to do before we begin reading Deuteronomy 9 verses 1 through 8 today. And as always, I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible or the World English Bible. And uh, you guys feel free to grab whatever version you prefer to read out of. Don't forget to grab your cup of hot cocoa or coffee or tea, whatever you might be drinking today. So grab that drink and let's go ahead and start reading. Hear Israel, you are to pass over the Jordan today, to go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourself, cities great and fortified up to the sky, and people great and tall, the sons of the Anakim, whom you know, and of whom you have heard say, who can stand before the sons of Anak? Know therefore today that Yahweh your God is he who goes over before you as a devouring fire. He will destroy them and he will bring them down before you. So you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as Yahweh has spoken to you. Don't say in your heart after Yahweh your God has thrust them out from before you. For my righteousness, Yahweh has brought me in to possess the land because Yahweh drives them out before you because of the wickedness of these nations. Not for your righteousness or for the uprighteousness of your heart do you go in to possess their land, but for the wickedness of these nations. Yahweh your God drives them out from before you, and that he may establish the word which Yahweh swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Know therefore that Yahweh your God doesn't give you this good land to possess for your righteousness, for you're a stiff-necked people. Remember and don't forget how you provoked Yahweh your God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that you left the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against Yahweh. Also in Horeb, you provoked Yahweh to wrath, and Yahweh was angry with you to destroy you. What a pep talk. (laughs) I just, I think this is so funny. Moses is basically like, you guys all suck. You guys all suck, but you're going to go take the land anyway because God loves you. That's basically what Moses is saying. And can you imagine like a leader 
of a nation saying that to their people. People would be so mad. Like, say the president of the United States said that about us, like just in general, America. People would be infuriated. But the fact of the matter is, is that Israel really was a stiff-necked nation. And it wasn't because of the Israelites' righteousness that God was going to bless them. But before I get into that, I'd like to talk about verses 1 through 3. So it starts out by saying, hear, O Israel. So in other words, pay attention. Listen up, Israel. So this means that some time has probably passed from Deuteronomy 8 into Deuteronomy 9. So Moses is once again addressing the entire congregation of people by saying, hear, O Israel. You are to pass over the Jordan today to go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than yourselves. So the word today actually um, is not translated quite right. If you look at the Hebrew word for today that is used here, it actually means basically in this time period, not necessarily today, as in the Israelites weren't going into the promised land that very day, because we find out that Moses, uh, <laughs> Moses hadn't died yet. And after he did die, the Israelites took some time to mourn and weep over Moses's death. I believe they took 30 days. And after that, the Israelites went in to possess the land, I, I believe. So it wasn't that very day that Moses is speaking that the Israelites were going to go in to possess the land. Rather, it was in that day of age, right? It was in that time period. It was very soon. And if you go back to the Hebrew, you'll see that. So Moses is generalizing. In this day and age, you are about to pass over the Jordan. And you're going to go and dispossess nations that are greater and mightier than yourself. Cities great and fortified up to the sky. So apparently these cities that these Anakim made were huge, huge cities. And this entire nation of Anakim people and Canaanite people were very tall peoples, what it says, a people great and tall, the sons of the Anakim. Now, 40 years prior to all of this, the Israelites were actually horrified of the sons of Anakim because they were giants. They were big and tall people. And so the spies that went out into the land were like, we look like little grasshoppers underneath the, uh, the Anakim. Like, how can we defeat these giants? We can't do it. And so because of the Israelites' lack of faith, they were unable to take the promised land at that time period. And that was when they started wandering around the desert for 40 years. But now the Israelite children have grown up and they're ready to take the land and they're ready to face these giants. They're ready to face their giants. And Moses is basically saying that God is going to be the one who fights the battle for them because the Israelites on their own strength would absolutely not win. They were a small nation as compared to these guys. They didn't have their resources. They were wilderness people, so they wouldn't win. Not to mention the Anakim probably had a lot more strength in general, just per person, than the Israelites did. So Moses says, it is God who goes over before you as a devouring fire. It is he who is going to destroy them and bring them down before you. So it's not of the Israelites' own power that they're doing this, which was why it was silly 40 years prior to this for the Israelites to be so upset about everything, because it wasn't really them that were going to defeat 
these giants in the first place. It was God who was going to go in before them and defeat these giants. So all the Israelites had to do was trust in God to help them do this, but their faith greatly wavered, which is really amazing to me just how much that generation saw God. Like they saw God move and work and they saw his glory in the the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. They, they heard God's voice echoing out from the fire. You know, they, they saw so much of God's glory, and yet they just still refused to believe in God's greatness and that the fact that God was there for them and was never going to abandon them. But now these children, these Israelite children, are ready, and they have the faith to go into this uh, nation and drive out these giants. This reminds me a lot of a verse that says something like, when you are weak, God is strong. And God even uses weakness to show his own strength. So that's a a great bit of encouragement, I think, for anybody who's struggling with a problem that seems too big for them. That God is so much bigger than that particular problem. And even though you may not have the amount of strength to be able to get through it, God does in fact have strength. And he has unlimited amount of strength that he can give to you. So it's a very encouraging verse. And I think, honestly, this would probably be very encouraging to these Israelites that God was the one who was going to be fighting this battle for them. And it says that God is going to help the Israelites. So you, the Israelites, shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as Yahweh has spoken to you. So that's the thing about it is that, yes, God does do things for people and he is there with people and he gives people strength and power to do things. But that doesn't mean that a person just sits back in laziness and uh, expects God to take care of everything for them. That's just not how God works. Yes, he does give power. He does give strength. But We also have to do our part and not just use God and his resources as a magic genie for us to give us whatever we want. That's not how God works. He's not our magic genie. He is our God. So now moving on in verse four through verse eight, Moses says that when you go in to possess these this land from these Anakim, these great and tall people, these giants, Don't say in your heart after Yahweh your God has gotten rid of them for you, for by my righteousness, Yahweh brought me in to possess this land. (laughs) And I mean, this is a different aspect of, of what we talked about on Wednesday. Wednesday, we talked about pride when it came to material possessions. Uh, Moses had mentioned to the people when they go into possess the promised land and their bellies are full with delicious food, they should never say in their hearts that it was by their own power that they got the wealth that they got. And this is kind of a different element of that verse four here. For by my righteousness, Yahweh has brought me in to possess the land. Then Moses goes on to say that no one is righteous. The Israelites certainly weren't righteous. And later on, On uh, Monday, we're going to go into how the Israelites were so unrighteous (laughs) because Moses goes on to like list every single thing that the Israelites did to offend God over the past uh, like 40 years. So Israel, of course, was not righteous. And that definitely mirrors you and I nowadays. For by grace, we have been saved through faith. And it is not of our own works. It's not of our own righteousness. It's a gift from God. That is a verse where 
No, nobody is righteous. We've been given the salvation gift, and it's not because of our own righteousness, because we aren't righteous. None of us are righteous, but God is, and God is very merciful, and God is very loving. And it's the same thing here that Moses is saying to the Israelites. It is not because of their own righteousness that they're going in to possess the land. Instead, it is because God loved Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and promised them that their descendants would inherit the promised land. But also it's because of the wickedness of the people, the Anakim and the Canaanites who live in the promised land. They were so wicked that God was ready to destroy those nations, but it was not because of the righteousness of the Israelites. So Moses is warning the people against pride. But this time, it's not pride in one's own possessions. This time, it's like a spiritual kind of pride, like the same kind of pride that the Pharisees had. They were just so prideful in their own knowledge and their own righteousness. They were self-righteous. And I mean, it's a real struggle. Most Christians, I would guess at some point in time, including myself, struggle with self-righteousness, like just believing that we know better than somebody else or that we have all the answers or that we're righteous. And I'm not even gonna lie, like I, I do fall into that from time to time. I fall into like the whole like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm better than most people. <laughs> it's, it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but honestly, I do feel that way sometimes where like I see all the, the craziness that goes on sometimes and I'm just like, God must love me because you know, I do this or that for him, or I have a biblical podcast. But in actuality, it's by God's grace that I'm able to complete the podcast episodes, that I'm able to find the resources to complete the podcast episode. And it's through God's power that I am able to produce these podcast episodes. Because sometimes, you know, this is a daily podcast. It takes a lot of time for me to do this. Yet God has opened so many doors for me to be able to continue on with this podcast. This includes financially, this includes with my time and how I just kind of fell into this role. I mean, all of it is just God doing this for me. I mean, honestly, he gets all the credit for this podcast, even though I want to take credit sometimes, you know, when, when I see my stats getting better or whatever, it's not about me. It's not about what I'm producing. God has given me the power and the ability and the resources and even the finances to be able to continue on with this podcast. So yes, all of us, we need to come back to this place of humbleness. And really, I, I could say that this is kind of a part two of Wednesday's podcast episode where we talked about pride then and how we need to humble ourselves we need to also humble ourselves when it comes to our own self-righteousness. Just because we go to church, just because we are trying our best to do what God wants us to do, that doesn't mean that we are righteous individuals. Once again, that verse says, there is none righteous. No, not one. It's not about what we do. It's about who God is. And that's exactly what Moses is stating here. It's not about who the Israelites were. It's about who God is. And he is loving. He is merciful. He is compassionate. And he is so gracious towards people that even though we are all not righteous, he gives us so many mercies and so many blessings all the time. 
Well guys, it is a week and a couple days until Christmas. And don't forget that I'm going to be doing my special candlelit podcast episode that airs on Christmas Eve, December 24th at midnight. And I'm very excited to do it this year. I'm going to be talking about the Trinity once again, a big and heavy topic that I haven't covered a lot on the podcast and I just thought it would be a great one to do. And so it's going to be a, a very fun topic for me, I think. And I hope you guys tune in, share it, tell people about the upcoming Christmas Eve podcast episode for anybody who wants to stay up at midnight and listen in. Or, of course, you guys can uh, sleep and listen to it early on Christmas Day also. Whenever you want to, really, because it never actually goes away. Once it airs, it's out there for the world to hear whenever they want. But okay, guys, I really hope you have a wonderful weekend and that you have a very Merry Christmas. Happy listening and God bless.